And welcome, everybody, to a Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. Mad, you say? Crazy, you say? Slightly imbalanced in the face of opposition, you say, if you have the time? Well, would a madman do this? <laughs> Don't answer that. And welcome, everybody, to a spooky episode of Talkin' Tiny Toons. Yes, this is the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. And today, we are talking all about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. Specifically, Night Ghoulery. Boo! We're going to revisit all of our favorite jokes and many of the cultural references. There's a lot of them. And of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts. There's my brother, Nathan. Yay, verily, forsooth, and Ignatz. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Wow, we are well, we are like spookily getting back together despite you know Nathan just got the covid and mm. Kelly just got she just got like banged up in the shoulder from surgery. So, but we're still here, folks. We're still Taking here. Taking apart, put back together. It's Yeah. <laughs> they both of them were kind of like the, today's episode where sneezer sneezed and both of them kind of like were uh, smashed together, and so they had to rip. We had to rip them apart, put them back together. Mm. It was a whole deal. <laughs> but we're back. It's been a, it's been a while since we've all been able to record an episode together. We've had the past few weeks. We've been sharing all the fanex uh, audio from panels and stuff like that. But today, it's Halloween time, so I figured we we gotta do this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. It's Tiny Toon Adventures. Night Ghoulery. And if someone were to ask you about this very spooky episode of Tiny... Special, I should say, of Tiny Toon Adventures, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, it's like an hour long. <laughs> Just about, yeah. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? Uh, it had many segments. Many, many segments. This is true. <laughs> So these are facts. That, We're good at that, this. Yeah, exactly. You know, if that's not a description that that sums it all up, I don't know what is. But before we start getting into deep diving into our this all these different segments, Nathan, please tell us when did this episode first premiere? Ooh, of course, this premiered on the spookiest of holiday days, <laughs> which was, of course, Sunday, May twenty eighth. Of 1995, Ooh, right before the Ooh. summer break, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, of course this was just two days after the theatrical release of the spooky movie Casper. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and uh, Superman himself, the 
Christopher Reed, actor, is paralyzed from the neck down after falling from his horse. Oh, oh no. that's sad. Um, <laughs> and this is a week after the Oklahoma City bombing. This is oh, just wow. not a good week. I don't. I mean, Casper was good, so it's <laughs> yeah. Go with Casper. <laughs> but 1995, I guess. Uh, there you go. That's the. Those are the big, the big events. <laughs> yes, Casper, uh, written of course, as I'm sure most of our uh, listeners know, written by two of the writers from Animaniac, Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver, wrote that. And um, I had good memories of that. There's some bad memories of those other things, Nathan. But <laughs> Casper was good. I don't and know. I remember we saw it in the theater. Do you remember what happened in the theater, Nathan? The lights went out. The lights went out. It was very was a, spooky. Yeah, uh, spooky. It was uh, the part right at the think, end. Of yeah, the movie. Right, at the, right at the end. We were. It was. Uh, I think during the summer, and it was. You know, the monsoon was hitting. I remember being and, very confused at why the dad was suddenly dead. <laughs> I think or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie just opened up or, at like a, a few like at the wrong part of the reel or something. But I remember Christina yeah, Ricci says know. to Casper, Casper, it's time, and then you hear this. Big thunderclap, and the whole theater went black. <laughs> and we were like, whoa. And then the lights went back up, and it took a little while for the movie to begin again, but uh, pretty dramatic Casper showing. Yeah. Very memorable. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yes, uh, people people have very positive memories about Casper to this day. So, And there's a little Casper stuff going on in this. So there's your connection. Yeah, what a coincidence. Wow. Yes, this episode, I guess, was originally going to premiere in October of 94, but for some reason, it got uh, pushed off to 95. So, I don't know. I I wonder why they would have chosen October for this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's because <laughs> we it's should this, ask Tom that. Exactly. Why did you pick October originally? <laughs> why, why was October a chosen date? <laughs> <laughs> well, it premiered on Fox. I know that. And so this must have been like right at the end. I don't know. This is like, the, unfortunately, this is like the last really new stuff of Tiny Toon Adventures that we got. This is like the swan song of uh, Tiny Toons. Uh, yeah, I think this is like our last appearance on TV, probably, right? Like, because the yeah. Animaniacs ones would have already appeared. But yeah, now. Animaniacs was already out at this point. So, uh, yeah. and so they even like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people already realize this, but you listen to the episode. But John Kassir is doing Buster's voice in this. Charlie Adler had, of course, been doing Buster's voice for many years, but uh, there was a big kind of a, well, you can read about it online. I, I guess uh, Charlie did, you know, I, apparently, and I'm not 100% sure on this, so you know, I'm not a necessarily a reliable source. But what I read online was that Charlie Adler was upset that he was not going to be on Animaniacs. Uh, mm. And he had a big, like, I quit moment. <laughs> and they had to replace him. On uh, on the remaining episodes of Tiny Toons and for this one right here. So, John Kassir, who did the voice of the Crypt Keeper on the cartoon series. And I think also the uh, the actual Tales of the Crypt itself. He, he's doing Buster's voice. So, he's a spooky guy, too, because yeah. he does that creepy voice. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it explains why Buster's so little on this episode. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I know they don't really show Buster that much. Uh, speaking of the Crypt Keeper, though, and John Kassir, you can be heard in the Solar Opposites Halloween special I was just listening to, watching, <laughs> and listening to. You watch and listen. That's how I do things with TV. I don't know about you folks at home. Uh, it's this <laughs> new thing called television. You watch and you listen. Yeah. Uh, but John Kassir does the uh, Crypt Keeper voice in that uh, thing, which was cool. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in this episode. I think we better get into it. So let's get right into our discussion. Night Goolery was written by Peter Hastings, Paul Dini, Paul Rugg, and Rich Ahrens, and it was directed by Michael Gerard, Rusty Mills, Rich Ahrens, and Greg Reyna. I, at this point, I don't know the uh, who wrote exactly which segments. Uh, again, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to figure that out at some point. But at this point, we don't know. So, credit to them. That's as much credit as we can give. <laughs> Might have been a collaborative effort on some of these, but at any rate, uh, I think we before we get into our big discussion of the segments, we got to note something that if you watch this episode, this this special on Hulu, it opens up with the Tiny Toon Adventures theme, but they are showing there's kind of splicing in spooky stuff going on with them, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't quite make sense. I remember watching it on Hulu, going. This doesn't look right. Like something's wrong. <laughs> like the lip sync is off and it just looks sloppy. And sure enough, it's not supposed to be the the original opening. If you go on YouTube, you can watch the original opening, which is I think it's the the pumpkin guy, I guess it's what it's called. Uh yeah. it's, it's a nightmare. It's uh Jack's Lament. It, it's very much a parody of Jack's Lament. Uh, but starting from the, the Nightmare guy. Before Christmas, yeah, from from yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. You just uh, called it a nightmare, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas," uh, which <laughs> I uh, I was lucky enough to see in its original run. I remember seeing that in theaters as well. Super awesome movie, one of my favorite uh, movies. A great movie to watch in Halloween or Christmas time. Just keep it running. Just started in October, and you just keep watching it on repeat into December. It's a great movie. But um, I guess I could kind of see why this was <laughs> deleted from reshowings on Hulu, um, because it is a very close parody. Like, uh, Yeah, it's almost identical. <laughs> yeah. The song sounds very – even though it's like not the same tune at all, but it's very similar in tone. I, I, honestly, it's a good parody. It's a parody, folks. Like, but mm-hmm. when you look at Jack, especially when Jack has a pumpkin on his head, and if I could see why Disney would be like, or Warner Brothers might be like, eh, it's better safe than sorry. This looks a little too close. His outfit looks very similar, like with the with the uh, bow tie and everything. And I, I don't know. I think it's a brilliant parody, but I could understand why it's deleted. Uh, unfortunately, that means that the only versions that are still around are kind of like from the VHS copy, which don't look mm-hmm. as good, but it's still a cool song. So let's go ahead and play a little bit of that right now. Tonight, 
It's my night, I'm the pumpkin guy On All Hallows Eve, I'll fly through the sky But alas and alack, I'm bored out of my skull My once favorite holiday has grown so dull It's tired, trite, and also routine I crave different thrills on this Halloween. So Jack goes over into the forest, and just like in Nightmare Before Christmas, he sees these trees that are all different um, holidays. So they had, what, President's Day and uh, I think uh, Groundhog Day and Mm. uh, Arbor Day, I think, was another one. And then he just sees the Tiny Toons logo. Which then goes into what was the real opening of the modified Tiny Toon Adventures theme. And this is what you hear. I wonder what hides beyond this door. It just might be what I'm looking for. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony, and under a full moony, we're something to be seen. Things could get hairy, and just a little scary, so we're saying to be wary on this Halloween. Those ghostly goblins are coming out at night, they'll bless their jaws and show their claws, filling up with fright. The monsters will find you, you better look behind you. It's Tiny Tune Adventures, and it's quite a sight. The holiday started to bless that beardy party. Mother's Day. So, all the little segments showing like zombie uh, tiny tunes and all that jazz that they show in the Hulu version is is in the appropriate location with the lip sync matching <laughs> uh, in this. So that was cool to see. So we have like a we had some costumes. I guess the biggest segment, the biggest uh, you know connection to stuff is the the costumes that they are dressed in so plucky dress up dresses up like freddy krueger krueger i always said cougar as a kid uh (laughs) monty's dressed up like j paul getty the oil tycoon from like the gosh early 20th century i believe go go is scary soupy sales soupy sales is a comedian uh, and Hampton's dressed up like Barney Rubble. Shirley looks like she's dressed up like Jeannie from I Dream of Jeannie. And Fifi just is put, put on a really good Dot Warner costume. So there's mm-hmm. your there's your cross uh, pollinating right there with uh, Animaniacs. Uh, yeah, the um, I guess and I guess that this is not the only place that the Pumpkin Guy song has been cut out on the Hub Network. It was also cut out, so it looks like this has been kind of cut out for a while. Um, I think everywhere almost. It just seems like they wanted more commercials, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that that version on Hulu that was on the Hub is is uh, also on. Yeah. So anyway, the version on Hub is also on Hulu. 
it's it's a it's a bummer that that is not on there. But uh, what did you guys think of this first uh, pumpkin guy segment, uh, Nathan? Let's start with you. Um, I liked the new lyrics to the song it was fun, um, but you don't get to hear on the Hulu version. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. I'm like oh yeah, this is fun. Like different, same tune, different words. Ha ha. I like the uh, how he's using different words for feeling sad. <laughs> like the thesaurus basically mm-hmm. uh kelly what did you i know you had just seen this kelly before we uh started recording uh so what do you, would anything of note that you saw that was cool i really like the um the animation the uh the reflection of the the pumpkin head guy and the when he was opening the doorknob yeah which was Maybe. a direct pair like mirror of the actual you know movie itself uh again it's just like really cool like the little things they do like him walking down the stairs of the the thing it's i think it's like a great parody because it's you can tell they're admiring the nightmare before christmas which i think back then in 95 i don't even think it really gotten its popularity as much as it is today um I don't think it really started really taking off until around 2000 when you started seeing it in Hot Topic year round. <laughs> but the, I really thought the zero uh, gag was good in this one too, where it looks like it's zero flying up to him, but instead it's just a box of tissues. A tissue box. Yeah. 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 I was like, that's cute. I showed my wife um, the this whole clip before going and she loves zeros she she loves dogs so seeing zero made her go oh and she brightened up and then she saw it was a box of tissues and then she was like oh (laughs) anyway (laughs) uh let's go ahead and get into uh our discussion of the main segment here of night ghoulery this evening's diversion a cluster of curious canvases from weirdsville each peculiar painting, a ticket to Strangeland. That would be one stop past Weirdsville. So Night Goolery is based upon Night Gallery, which had Rod Serling in it. So Babs is doing the introduction in the Night Gallery show. Uh, Rod Serling would walk up, kind of. It was almost like you know, it's what you did when you could you couldn't do Twilight Zone anymore. <laughs> He basically had a painting, and he would introduce the story just like he used to with The Twilight Zone. An unforgiving sea usually buries its secrets beneath itself. Warships and ocean liners, treasured galleons and submarines turn into rusting relics inside a watery locker, lost to memory. But occasionally there comes a floating, unbidden reminder of disaster, like this lifeboat. The painting is called The Lone Survivor. We'll put it in tow and see where she came from and why. This is the night gallery. Uh, so she has these kind of Rod Serling teeth in, and she's doing a really great uh, Rod Serling impression. She does a ton of impressions, and I think we might as well. The wiki goes over them at the beginning of the introduction of this, and I think that's a great idea because she does a ton of them. Uh, she does an impression of Rod Serling. Later on, she gets these big eyebrows and stuff. She's Andy Rooney from 60 Minutes. There's Mary Tyler Moore, and then Roger Moore, a.k.a. 007. There's the church lady. Uh, there's uh, from Saturday Night Live, Gene uh, Shallot, and then I think I think Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. 
Um, mm. and, and as far as I can tell this, the wiki also left off, uh, William F. Buckley, I believe, is another impression that she's doing when she's talking. Yeah, about she does so many that I'm like, there's no way you can list them all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's, impressive. Like, it's great. It, yeah, it's very. Yeah, this is a tre- this is a great Tress McNeil episode <laughs> because she gets she gets to really showcase all the the impressions and even just obscure impressions. Uh, we just shared um, that. I think it was the I think it was the the Freakazoid panel. Yeah, the Freakazoid Tom, panel. Yeah, about. that Tom was talking about Tress McNeil, how great she is, and how she does all these great impressions as Babs. And this is just a great example of all that. Um, really, really fantastic stuff. So let's go ahead and talk about the first short. The first short is based on, of course, the Tale of Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Except this time, it's the Tale Tale Vacuum. <laughs> A haunting helping of horror and household appliances we call the Telltale Vacuum. And and uh, we don't know who wrote the Telltale Vacuum. It was one of those people I mentioned at the beginning. It's. I mean, we can assume a lot of times they'll put them in order of what they wrote, but there's okay. not. There's too many people. I mean, there's too many segments for yeah. the people. But Let, let's give guess this one to be Peter Hastings. Yeah let's, yeah, let's give this one to Peter Hastings. Why not? Uh, so Nathan, <laughs> Nathan, what happens in the telltale vacuum? Um, okay. So, um, you know, I guess Hampton and Plucky are living together and, um, Plucky's fine with that, except Hampton keeps, uh, vacuuming all the time and we hear his inner monologue and he's talking in very big words. He has some sort of thesaurus or something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It was not he who raised my ire and made my blood boil so. See, it was his vacuum cleaner. Oh, the whining of that motor. Whenever it fell upon my ears, my blood ran cold. And so I decided by degrees, see, to take the life of that vacuum and be rid of it forever. We we find out that the uh, vacuum is really annoying, uh, Plucky. So he decides when Hampton's asleep, he's going to sneak over to the vacuum's bed and grab it and destroy it, you know, killing the vacuum and then burying it underneath the floorboards. Um, And the next morning, Hampton's like, hey, have you seen my vacuum? He's like, I don't know. You should go looking for it. He's like, yeah, because you're never going to find it. And sure enough, he never finds it. He can't find it. So they're like, all right, well, let's sit and we'll just talk. And Hampton's so worried about his vacuum. He starts talking about this vacuum that's gone missing and how much he loves it. Well, then, my friend, let us sit and enjoy some meaningless chit-chat. I really looked everywhere for it. I don't know how I could lose a vacuum cleaner. I listened to my friend Dronan perfectly at ease. It couldn't have just gotten up and walked away. That vacuum weighed 7.2 pounds and was one of the heavier ones that had a light in front. Well, there was one that was heavier, but it had an 8-watt bulb and mine had a 15-watt, which is odd because you'd think the small bulb would be lighter and the whole machine would be lighter, but nowadays they put all kinds of different handle types and, and even the power cords that could have a significant effect on the weight of the machine, which they make up for with power assist drives and fancy names like Zoom Broom, but there's nothing like pushing a big heavy vacuum across some soiled shag and hearing the little plinkety plink of objects going around the beater bar and into the bag. But ere long, I wished his monologue to end. 
And while he's talking, Plucky starts hearing this whirring, like this vacuuming sound. And he starts going like, oh my gosh, it's the sound of the vacuum. And then he re- he confesses that he had uh, destroyed the vacuum and he'll replace it. And sure enough, uh, he becomes the vacuum now. <laughs> and he's even going to get attachments, I guess. So there you yeah. go. That's the... Yes, he won't that's, have to replace it. it with money. Money won't be necessary. Wah-ha-ha. No, he will replace it. Yes, in a different way. Uh, so there's a, quite a few references in this one. Obviously, the Edgar Allan Poe story, which I remember reading for the first time, I think in middle school or maybe even elementary school. Uh, guy, see if I can remember this story correctly. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Guy murders his, I think, friend, maybe roommate. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> chops wife? him up. I don't know. I think it's his friend. I don't think it's his wife. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he chops up the person, we'll say, puts him under the floorboards, and it's the heart that's beating. And the investigators are don't really suspect the guy at all. But they just keep talking, and they're like, and the guy's like, these people are mocking me. They can hear it, too. They can hear that heart. And he says, it's under the cursed floorboards. And that's, I remember reading the story, because that's where it kind of ends, not with him being taken away. It's just like, under the floorboards, and then fade to black. Like, oh, he, he kills an old man with a vulture eye. Yes, the uh, that, that eye, that eye. And I think he sleeps with the eye open or something and he it drives the guy crazy because that darn old man now i'm remembering little bits of it okay so plucky (laughs) has some good going crazy stuff in here he has a lot of different words for it (laughs) mad uh some might say mad some might say crazy some might say slightly imbalanced in the face of slight opposition or whatever (laughs) he says um there was a the the whole part of uh, chopping up the vacuum. It reminded me of when Mickey chops up the broom in Fantasia because it shows the silhouette of uh, of uh, him and the uh, vacuum, just like Mickey and the broom. Um, there was also a quick reference to the Toyota commercials. Oh, anything was better than this punishment. Oh, what torture! Oh, what misery! Oh, what a feeling, Toyota! Which reminds me of Forget Paris with you. Yes, yes, boy, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Toyota. I got to see Forget Paris again. I loved seeing that movie, and I think that's worth a revisit. Um, Edward Munch's painting, The Scream, is also referenced uh, by uh, Babs when they're going into today's episode, showing Plucky screaming. And then that later scream, there's a double Edward Munch. Uh, Munch uh, scream parody, both with this and then later on with the uh, Hold That Duck parody with uh, Plucky. So if you like scream painting, they got you in this episode. Uh, But yeah, good good stuff. That's pretty much it for the references, but there's some other cool stuff in this. Uh, What are some things that caught your eye that you liked? Kelly, what did you see that you liked? I loved the fact that Hampton loved the vacuum so much it, it had its own little bed so um, oh. and I, I just recently uh, read the Telltale Heart I read some selected stories by Edgar Allan Poe recently and that was one of them so 
So I, I, yeah, I liked how close it was to, I felt like this was like something I could show to kids uh, when studying Edgar yeah. Allan Poe or something. <laughs> it really felt like a good parody of it. Um, Nathan, what is uh, anything in this part? Yeah, I, just, really I liked the words that, uh, that Plucky chose, I guess, as some of these, and he just kind of runs out of words sometimes, like, hide it very, very good. So meticulous, <laughs> so cunning. And my care in disposing of the remains was so meticulous, so cunning, so really, really good. Good stuff. And, of course, like, there's that great scene where just uh, Hampton's just, yeah, da, 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 about this vacuum, and he's just, mm-hmm. like, tapping his finger against his beak <laughs> and it, it's just like you just are watching plucky just descend into madness and boredom and madness at the same time just the animation i gotta mention i'm gonna I, if i don't mention this later the animation in this episode amazing animation mm-hmm. shadows uh, the expressions everything about this is is um, amazing uh just like it was uh- this is TMS like nominated doing by, yeah, TMS, the Tokyo Movie Shinsa. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it's just superb. It looks like feature film quality animation going on. Really, really great stuff. I really want to see like a, a high definition transfer of this at some point. I really think that it needs to be on Blu-ray, like a really great format. Anyway, that right there was our first one. But we move on to another quick segment, and this is Little Sneezer, and this is Sneezer the Sneezy Ghost. Sneezer the Sneezy Ghost, the sneeziest ghost you'll meet. Achoo! From his nose, a wind he blows, and children think it's neat. Achoo! He always says, Achoo! his allergies are scary, he sneezes till he's through, and blows away his adversary. So, Sneezer the Sneezy Ghost, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens in this quick little segment here? So, the character uh, Witch Hazel, who I think used to appear in some, you know, old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. um, Tells Furball to catch Sneezer the Sneezing Ghost. If you don't catch that mouse, my little kitty, you'll be back out on the street. (laughs) Now catch that mouse. And there's like this whole little song parody um, based on Casper the Friendly Ghost and that theme song. So Sneezer's a little a little white ghost and um, sneezes and Furball dresses like a Ghostbuster and he's got a you know proton pack or whatever and um, he's gonna try to catch Sneezer with that and Sneezer sneezes and um, gets Furball and uh, Furball ends up becoming a ghost himself. <laughs> 
my friend Arya. <laughs> Which that was very dark. I was not ex- that one actually made me laugh out loud. That I, I that surprised me that that happened mm-hmm. in this episode. I was like, whoa, he just killed Furball. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Happens to Casper though too to the dad. So I forget about this dad guying it. I, I that happened very. Doesn't he come back though? I fear doesn't he or is he dead the entire time? Like you can die and come back to life. Come on. I guess he's just dead, isn't he? That's right. And, and he's just like, and he's just the, he's just a ghost. Hey, it's, uh, it's the, no, he comes back to life. He does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Can you tell it's been 20 something years since I've seen this Casper movie? Yeah, it's true. We just spoiled the ending for anyone. Who oh man. Seen it, oh, well. Okay. Well, anyway, so yeah. furball becomes a ghost. So now we have a ghost to a ghost cat and a ghost mouse. Furball says, well, now's my chance to finally eat this mouse that has been eluding oh, me. Because they're both ghosts. Yeah, they can actually hurt each other now, I guess. And <laughs> so Furball chomps Sneezer, and then Sneezer blows up Furball. Uh, 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 oh! I lose more friends that way. <laughs> Which again made me laugh and go, "Wow!" Did yeah, he died and then died again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now he's really dead. Because Furball was like, when he's a ghost, he's like, "Well, you know, I mean, what you gonna do? You're, 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 you still have a, you have a, a owner that's a witch, so it can't be that odd for her. I mean, she's just like, whatever." Um, yeah, she doesn't even know the difference between alive and dead mouse, anyway. <laughs> exactly. She just goes, "Get rid of that mouse." Uh, so, you know, by the way, June Foray, uh, voicing, uh, witch Hazel right there. Very cool. I mean, she's just a legend and she did stuff, gosh, into her twilight years. Uh, she voiced witch Hazel and Gram grandma and all those characters for how many years? 50 something years. So, so cool to just have her briefly appear in this episode. Uh, but Nathan, anything in this, ep- in this segment that you thought was uh, cool? That we didn't mention? Yeah, like, um, no, just having Rich Hazel there was a lot of fun. Um, I was like, hey, I saw a whole segment about her at Comic-Con, so that was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I think I think it was one, one funny uh, weird thing was that Bumby <laughs> appears in this. But oh, then yeah. Sneezer sneezes and blows Bumby's skin off, which is very... This is... This was, of all the segments, I thought, like... It's sweet and cute as Sneezer is. This is probably the most twisted one of all the episodes, which mm-hmm. was uh, which was interesting to see. It was it was definitely um, it was interesting. I, I liked uh, Sneezer super cute and the things that happened. I could see why those villagers were chasing after Sneezer uh, with those pitchforks and everything because he he would become a. I mean he's he's killing things. He's yeah. He's, this guy's no good. Ah, anyway, uh, but he's, he just wants a friend. Oh, well. Well, let's go and move on to our next segment here. This is the devil dog on the moors. The moors. Did you ever wonder what exactly they mean by moor? What, is it Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, Mr. Grant. Or maybe they're talking about Roger. Bond. James Bond. Or maybe they simply mean Dante. With red dip and gravy. 
Well, this takes place in good old Ireland. And I don't know if John McClanahan had anything to do with this, but he should have. Because there's a lot of Irish people, of course, and they were... um, Of course, John McClanahan works for StarTune, so I guess he didn't have anything to do with this, but whatever. Work with it. Work with me, folks. Anyway, uh, Babs is singing a a sad, sad tune about shingles at at an Irish pub that serves uh, non-alcoholic juice. Uh, Specifically, it looks like cranberry juice. Me mother had shingles and me father had them too. Me uncles and me aunties and me lovely sister Sue. But shingles are not all always smile, never frown. It could be worse, don't you know? At least I'm not a clown. Anyway, she sings her sad, sad, sad story. And she's about to go off, but they're like, oh, no, you can't go out. They hear this howling, and it's the devil dog. And the devil dog, they have to put these elk antlers on. Uh, we found out about this devil dog because this Patty, who who is voiced by Jim Cummings, who says just, Actually, it was Patty that first heard it and seed it. Uh, he's <laughs> apparently been uh, afflicted by this dog somehow. It was very scary. Uh, and apparently there was something about hearing the word kibble, uh, which, uh, dog kibble, I guess. Kibbles and bits, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, trigger warning right there for, <laughs> for Patty. He just kept saying the same word over and over again. Kibble. Kibble, 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 kibble. Uh, at any rate, uh, Babs isn't believing this at all. She's like, "Give me a break." Uh, she has a great line of "Get a get a life and live it already." I love that line. Anyway, uh, sh- she opens the door, and of course, it's Byron Bassett, which I saw coming. And he said, "I saw it coming so much to the point where the door comes down," and I said, "Woof." At the same time that Byron said, woof, it still made me laugh, but I thought, ha ha, saw it coming. What I did not see coming, however, was as soon as Babs takes off her antlers, despite their warning, Babs is immediately eaten whole, just one bite, and she's in Byron's stomach, and uh, that's the end. <laughs> so, that's it. Uh, what did you What did you think about this uh, devil dog on the moors? Uh, Kelly, anything in this did you did you like seeing? I I liked all Irish accents. It was fun. Yeah, I I particularly liked. I thought you would like this part because of uh, Jim Cummings. I thought it sounded a lot like Ed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a, just just nonsense coming out, and uh, he does a good job at that. Uh, Nathan, what about you? It was spooky. No, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was- it was fun. I liked. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a nice little uh, twist ending. Um, and I guess Babs is still alive because she says, "Yeah, she's um, she's still introducing more segments." Like, so. Oh, I and I, I. Oh, I understand now. You know, like yeah. So and she, then she figured a way out. <laughs> yeah, I so. mean, it's it's very good that it's it feels like it's part of a bigger story that you know she's on a feel like a a trip to Ireland with her school group. And, you know, it's, but you know, you learn all these things just from filling in the gaps and the, I don't know, all the, the, the caricatures of all the people in the pub looked really good. It just, again, 
excellent animation and and expressions mm-hmm. on all the characters and and a fun really song. Cool. So yeah, <laughs> uh, my mom and the shingles. best rendition. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope I don't get shingles. I gotta get. I got to get my shingles vaccine in a few years, I'm sure. I think once you hit 50 or something like that, 50, 50, 60, I don't know. Cause 50, people, 50, 60. 50, 50, 60. 100, once you hit 160, that's when you get your <laughs> shingles vaccine. Um, that's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard shingles is horrible. So, yeah, don't want to get it. Babs is right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to a very Spielbergian segment. This is fuel. And Kelly, you got to tell us. This one's this one had your name all over it sort of. <laughs> it's it's uh what happens here in fuel? Uh so Calamity Coyote is um out on the highway driving a car. And there's this big brown fuel truck and uh, it's behind him and he waves it around so it can pass him. He's getting kind of impatient, sees their reflection in the side view mirror. You know, objects are closer than they appear. And the truck really starts hounding him. And um, there's a a couple of instances where he gets out of the car. Like um, there's a a time where they, he goes into a, a diner. And it's just like seeing the, the movie Spielberg's Duel, which was uh, initially a made-for-TV movie, and it uh, preceded all of his uh, theatrically released films. But it was it was a huge success. And um, in the movie, the, he recognizes the, the, the cowboy boots. Um, I think they're cowboy ah. boots. And um, so he's like darting back and forth to the the shoes of people in the diner and trying to see who matches the boots of the driver of the the fuel truck. But um, it's funny because in the cartoon, you know, his gaze travels across all these people in the diner, but then there's the actual truck inside. Just tricky. Right. (laughs) Then at another point, he uh, calamity gets out of the the car and uh, runs into a phone booth and because he doesn't speak, um, he dials emergency and he keeps holding up these signs trying to explain what happened. And the, the people on the other end, you know, can't hear him. I mean, they, well, they can't see him or hear him. Yeah. And they don't know what's going on. And then the, the, the truck runs him over. Again, that happens in the, the movie, too. Um, Does he get run over a bunch of times? <laughs> I mean, he manages to evade. But I think. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I yeah. there's like a there's like a little like reptile exhibit on the side of the road, and then the, like because I think he might have been in the phone booth around there, and then the truck crashes through and crashes all these aquariums and and things like that in the phone booth, and um, wow. they're jockeying for position on the road all the time, and you know he keeps trying to flee this truck, and every time he thinks he's fled the truck, it appears out of the corner you know, behind him, in front of him, or, you know, if he gets out of the truck or his car, the, the truck driver's right there. I mean, it's, and you never see who drives the truck and you never really know what their motive is or anything. It's this, um, faceless being wow. who torments the salesman who just wants to get home to his family. Like 
He's tired. He's burnt out. He's like, I just want to get home. <laughs> so, um, so in so this yeah. case, so in this case, at least we see that little beeper. I mean, surprise, surprise is the guy that's, uh, <laughs> chasing calamity around, yes. uh, which makes sense. Uh, but yeah, how weird that, I mean, I know in the, uh, I think the original duel, the only reason I know this is because watching the Jaws documentary that the uh, the truck goes over like a embankment or something like that and crashes, yeah. I think. And yeah. they use that same sound in the mix of Jaws when Jaws, when uh, Bruce is blown up. And I think they put the, the sound of the truck in. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So you can kind of hear it. So it's kind of a salute to Spielberg's first film, which is cool. I always like sound easter eggs um at any rate nathan uh what did you think about this uh fuel segment here oh i i thought it was really funny um yeah it was uh it was a little scary too uh but yeah i like the phone booth thing. you just you can see the truck like driving <laughs> through the desert just to yeah. run him over and uh and yeah the bar scene that, is that a lot bar fun, when he's so. the truck is just drinking like with a straw and then looks up and sees him i like how it's like calamity it's like he's he gets up like i'm gonna go that truck he watches the truck like pull into the i guess around the bar i guess the assumption being that the guy is going mm-hmm. to be in there and of course the entire truck being in the bar it a great gag i mean i'm just it makes me smile just thinking about it uh really worked uh it was very surprising and uh yeah the whole thing of talking on 911 all oh, these stupid kids prank calls uh hello is someone there police emergency line hello oh crazy kids and their prank calls good gags right there so this right here this segment mm-hmm. of fuel better than any R- roadrunner and coyote cartoon i've ever seen <laughs> this alone was better than any uh roadrunner coyote uh segment they really did a good job on it um liked it a lot simple concept but it was beautifully animated and uh just really well executed well speaking of executions <laughs> Let's get to a devil thing where the, somebody's going to be on trial and could be executed. Uh, let's talk about the devil. Great yeah. execution. Transitions. <laughs> let's talk about the devil and Daniel Webfoot. And now a study in stone. A portrait in panic as a lackluster lawyer meets his match in... Let me guess. Could it be Satan? Nathan, what happens here in The Devil and Daniel Webfoot? All right. Well, uh, we have another uh, Plucky and Hampton uh, get together. Um, and Plucky has a weird accent again or something. I don't know. Make haste, friend Hampton. I hear our good neighbor, Jepez Monty, is in sorrowful need of my counsel. Are you ever going to talk normal in this special, Plucky? Just stick to the script, Hambone. And I, they find out that uh, Montana Max has maybe uh, sold his soul to the devil or something, you know. And sure enough, his house looks pretty haunted and scary. And also, for further evidence, is the actual devil himself uh, saying that, uh, indeed, Montana Max has sold his soul for $10 million. And uh, Plucky's like, actually, for $20 million, you can have my soul, too. But... <laughs> Hey, Scratchy, as long as we're talking money here, um, I know a good, slightly tarnished soul. I'll steal at only 20 mil. I wouldn't give you 40 cents in recyclable cans. 
Then I'll see you in court, Beelzeb, bub. Not, not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> so Plucky agrees to take the case for Montana Max to get it so that, you know, because what right does this devil have on the soul? So they go to, uh, to, to court or something, but this is devil's court. So it has the jury is not of their peers. But of you know the worst scum and villainery, villainery humanity, <laughs> um, villainery is that not the term right? that people no, I don't know. <laughs> All right, you say your thing, I'll say mine. Put it in the comments, YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, the villainy of all the people is pretty bad. By what device, sir, do you claim ownership of my client's immortal soul, eh? This contract signed in blood. Uh-oh. How are you fixed for sunblock? Uh, Montana Max actually pulls Plucky by his bill when he says, you should see my bill, and he uh-huh. pulls his bill down. So he's actually pulled into hell with Montana Max and... Um, they get scared by the devil and run away, <laughs> yeah. and the devil opens the suit, and it's actually uh, it's Bad's bunny. And that's that's how she got out of. The she last went into a dog segment. and then into Wait. a devil. <laughs> they might not be <laughs> out of the dog and into a devil. Um, sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. This devil is the dog. same uh, devil kind of character that you you see in Animaniacs, and also voiced by Ron Perlman. So there you go. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. There's also a lot of other background people in this one. Uh, there's a whole line of people waiting to sell their souls. Uh, there's this, you know, Baloney was in there. That was cool. There's also these Beavis and Butthead characters that I was not familiar with, but apparently they're Beaver and Hoghead from the Tiny Toons Spring Break, Spring Break special, which we'll have to watch one of these days. Mr. Director was there. That was something. Um they also had some let's see, I wrote them down. Oh yeah. Some the worst of the worst, the ghosts. We had William Shatner was in there. Still alive, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> uh one of the pirate backup singers from HMS Yakko was there. Uh the sergeant from that one Sergeant Sweetie. Sergeant Sweetie? Is that his name? Yeah, I'm just okay. looking him up. Sergeant Sergeant Sweetie from the Dodo Boys and yes, Dodo Boys from from Animaniacs. He was in the background there. Apparently, he died after I think Disney explode or something in that episode. Maybe he, maybe the yeah, boot boot camping was the segment, and it was the same Dodo Boys. I'm like Dodo Boys. That was the the Good Feathers. That came after that one. Okay, but it was in the The same same episode. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. General Beauregard was also in that segment. (laughs) Good episode. episode, There's a commentary. Hey, yeah, Patreon plug. Mid episode, we have a commentary on an episode <laughs> featuring both Tom Ruger and John P. McCann. So, who wrote those segments? So, or at least two of them. Yeah, Sergeant Sweetie, voiced by Ron Perlman. Really? Right. Also, so, so he should have voiced him too. My yeah. Goodness. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, also the, the network executive that talks about the Chevy Chase show. I still say the Chevy Chase show could work. Did he look familiar to you, Nathan? Yeah, that is the son of uh, Ralph. <laughs> son of Ralph. Ralph Jr. A lot of people wondered, why isn't Ralph's son the CEO of Animaniacs in the reboot? Well, here you go, folks. He died. He's dead. He's dead. Yep. <laughs> He's dead. And he was a bad person, too. You might have thought he got he was good, but for, nope. 
he turned bad and he died. But and he thinks that the Chevy Chase show could work. Um, <laughs> and I remember I the Chevy Chase show. Chevy Chase is apparently a big jerk. At the time, though, in the 90s, I thought he was funny. Uh, and I remember watching, instead of doing what I should have done, which is watch the late show with David Letterman premiering, I was watching the Chevy Chase show on Fox. And I think the main reason I watched it was I knew this show's not going to last. I got to watch this show before it goes away forever. <laughs> and sure enough, I think it lasted maybe a month, but I think it only lasted two weeks. Chevy Chase had a late night talk show, folks. Fox tried and it didn't work. The end. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about anything else that you noticed from this. I, I covered a lot of it, but there's there's some other stuff in here. Uh, Kelly, anything from the devil and Daniel Webfoot that stood out for you at all? It looked fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, but Nathan, anything from you? Anything else? Um, no, I really like seeing uh, the... Mr. Director and things like that. <laughs> yeah. The the lonely dinosaur things. That was like a little fun. Um and yeah. Uh the the wait till you see my bill right after you're saying like call them a cheap attorney was cute and the shyster, um, which I don't know if that's a shyster. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed yeah. to is that a, is that something you can still say? I think it's <laughs> probably can't say that uh, probably I not know. but i said it and i'm sorry if i shouldn't be saying that i said it in <laughs> reference to what they said in the show okay i'm sorry okay um and i th- i wonder what the why babs had to be the devil at the end of my, yeah the, the, just to make it i guess the only thing if i were to like because they, they didn't need to do that right they could yeah. just they they felt like the the gag ending was not necessarily like you could have just had them end with them running down a corridor and Iris out yeah but but Babs m- being the maybe devil yeah to lessen the I don't know it seems like something a network thing would be like oh we can't have the devil they can't be to kill them. maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know well at any rate well mm. we're getting towards the end there's only a, a, a few more segments Six to go. More, no. <laughs> Seven more segments. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. Uh, let's get to the next short. The next short is Abbott and Costello parody, and this is Hold That Duck. These grand old funny men find themselves surrounded by madcap monsters and comical creatures in the classic Hold That Duck. So in this one, uh, Plucky and Buster are going to Horsehead Manor uh, with this very creepy uh, chauffeur who has a very creepy eye who keeps telling them to uh, be afraid of things. This is as far as I go, says I. Why won't you take us to the door? Things. Things? Things. Think. (laughs) Yeah, the things joke was very funny to me. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. they go into this uh, mansion, and you know Buster has this personality, of course, of you know of uh, uh, Bud Abbott, I believe is his name, right? And then there's Lou Costello. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, I got to put a, a quick uh, thing on this. I've never been a Abbott and Costello person. I've been Laurel and Hardy number one, watching those movies, and then to a lesser extent, uh, Three Stooges and Marx Brothers, and then 
Abbott and Costello was always at the the lowest. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen the par the the main thing that they're parroting in this, which is the title of "Hold That Ghost." Other than the, I did see the opening of "Hold That Ghost," and they did an excellent job of parroting the opening titles with uh, this one of "Hold That Duck." Uh, where they have the ghost chasing Plucky and Buster. And in the original, it's a ghost, cartoon ghost chasing a cartoon version of uh, Abbott and Costello down a pathway. And the ghost turns into the title uh, with the same font and everything like that. It looks very similar uh, with Hold That Duck and Hold That Ghost. So excellent job. The folks making this really, you know, obviously loved uh, this, you know, Abbott and Costello movie. There was a little bit so of it. Oh, go ahead. You didn't mention Fontaine and Lunt. So what <laughs> Fontaine, is your... Yes. <laughs> my opinion... I was like, you're naming all these other ones. Oh, but my, of course. My, 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 I mean, I'm a huge fan of Fontaine and Lunt. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, just I mean, checking. Just uh, making just sure. love that, that, right. that uh, husband and wife couple. Uh, yeah. You yeah. can continue on. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Sunny and Cher, not a big fan, though. <laughs> so uh, there also seems to be a little bit of... Um, I forget if it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or meet the werewolf, but there's this little part where they really, you could tell the animators were like having fun with this episode of uh, this segment, I should say, because the, the animation on plucky uh, asking, you know, calling out for Buster uh, much like Costello would go, Abbott, Abbott, you know, or whatever Abbott's name might've been in the movie that they were doing. What, what, what is it? Boy, oh boy, did they get the, the ex- exaggerating his teeth and his mouth and his eyeballs. And Plucky himself looks a little, I guess they didn't want to make him look fatter, which Lou Costello was, of course, short and, you know, the tubby guy. And uh, and Abbott was the, the smart, skinny guy. Um, I, I think they kind of just made Plucky's eyeballs look a little rounder in this one as an attempt to kind of make Plucky look a little rounder. I'm not quite sure, but Plucky did look a little different. Uh, at any rate, Plucky's going around. He's touching different things uh, around the house that they're in. And Dracula comes out and Frankenstein and a mummy come out and the werewolf comes out. And every time he says, uh, you know, Buster, and Buster comes, of course, the monsters disappear. The monsters? Of course not, no. Hi, cutie. You're good. But uh yeah, that was uh, yeah, hey. What else to say about it? I don't know. What do you guys have to say about it? Nathan, anything in this one you liked? Hold that duck. Um, I really liked when he whispers, oh, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, he looks so, and his eyes are squinty. And he's like, the animation of it and the line reading of it is really good. When he sees the vampire. Yeah, I think. Tries to whistle. And, yeah. The, and I think it's, yeah. I think it's Abbott and Costello meet, uh, I was looking at it last night when he when he first sees Dracula popping out of the coffin in Abbott mm. and Costello meet Frankenstein. I think it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That the same little you know can't 
can't even say it, and he puts his fingers in his mouth like, can't even do that. He tries uh, to whistle. It's, the... it's yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, we, we mentioned a and lot. I assume of, it's Oh Charlie was going to be the other another name for Hold That Ghost. So I'm guessing he probably says Oh Charlie in the. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, because I was watching. It was like he's not saying Abbot. He was saying somebody else. Uh, yeah. uh, Kelly, we mentioned a lot of stuff. Anything that we didn't mention in this uh, Hold That Duck that you saw and liked? No, I mean I was struck by the same thing Nathan was in the way uh, he kept yelling Oh Buster because it was just. The inflection changed every time he said it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely a plucky, uh, strong episode. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of babs and a lot of plucky. Special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is uh, which is nice to see. I mean, it, they're, I really like uh, Joe Alasky. Boy, oh boy, he was a talented actor. Um, so it's uh, in, you can really see that in this uh, special. All right. We're going to move on to a pretty darn short segment right here. This is Night of the Living Dull. Are you paying too much for car insurance? Hey, who's up for bowling? Want to see pictures of my grandchildren? Night of the Living Dull. Nathan, what happens here in Night of the Living Dull? We have an over-voicing telling us how scary this next segment is because... Um, and we see all these tunes that are our favorites or the wacky land tunes are all running away from some unknown, terrible evil that's coming up. And we find out that one of these evil things is someone asking about like, car insurance and and uh, someone else is like, look at my grandkids. And it turns out it's it's the night of the living doll instead of, uh, you know, dead people i guess i don't know yeah uh so that <laughs> not zombies so uh yeah they're they're trying to break into the house or something and they at the other door because they're like trying to get away there's a, a fanboy of some sort and they they run past the fanboy and because he wants fifi to get her own show or something yes in the cartoon the amazing three there was a slight flutter on fifi's face and seeing c43 and i wanted to know if that was a deliberate in joke or just a mistake and when is fifi gonna get her own series i think that's that's basically how it ends i yeah it's basically the pop-up ads kind of uh thing that we saw in the reboot of animaniacs except it's done much more compressed that we get mm-hmm. it that these things are annoying and scary and uh yeah. So yeah, that Fifi creepy. <laughs> he also had Willow on tape, which I thought was funny. His yeah, Willow on tape, the... um, which I got to watch. Just to show that he's a nerd. Yeah, exactly. He guy's a nerd. He likes Willow. Probably paid like sixty dollars for that or something. Yeah, back then. Um, but Willow, I got to watch that on Disney Plus. It's coming out with the new series coming out. I got to rewatch Willow. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've ever seen it from beginning to end. Actually, I've seen. Oh, I've seen. Good. Yeah, I've seen like 75% of it, I think. I really want you to sit down and watch, especially with the new series coming out. I definitely want to watch it. But uh, yeah, that that guy really made me laugh, the, the, the super fan or whatever, just because the things he's mentioning about Fifi gave this look. Is, there, is Fifi going to have her own series and all this stuff? And um, yeah, the I still see these comments <laughs> to this day from different people. 
about certain characters and I just uh you know have to just go oh boy <laughs> when I see that um so they're still around yeah and uh that was the the scariest one uh but they luckily, still want Fifi to get her own show and <laughs> oh boy uh at any rate that was that was funny but anything else that uh happened in this that either one of you can think of to talk about um there's rumors about that guy <laughs> there is some people in the wiki and this is something we got to try to see if this is true or not because i don't think they would have joked about yeah about this there was a i guess uh there's rumors of a stalker of tress mcneil and and that that's what they're alluding to in this this is super fan was the was this was this guy who was obsessed with tress mcneil and that's why tress doesn't go to conventions Anymore. But yeah, I could I couldn't find a source for that at all. Like, uh, yeah, I've I've know, seen other things online. I've seen other blogs and things, yeah, but people, no, none of those this. have a source. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah, there's no news article speaking, or anything about that. Speaking from experience and spending days with Tom uh, at a convention and talking about Tress and how amazing she is, none of no discussions have ever come up about. Oh yeah, well Tress doesn't do this because of this crazy fan or anything. So I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if there's and we decided any truth. to write about that in the yeah. uh, episode. <laughs> so I don't know if there's any truth to that right there. Um, I think that Tress doesn't do personally. This is just my uh, what the sense I get that Tress doesn't do conventions that much, just because she doesn't really like doing conventions that much. She's a busy woman, probably like a little bit of anxiety too yeah, going yeah, on these things. And yeah, just meeting. Why? I mean, it, it takes a special kind of person to meet fans and yeah. and and uh you know sometimes it can be a little hard you know when you're talking to strangers who talk like they a know you and also b talk like you know everything about every single character that they are obsessed about as well when in mm-hmm. fact let's be honest folks ladies and gentlemen listening to this voice actors do something for just a day or two and then they are done with it and then especially if they're busy well, they move on to more and more roles with Tress's catalog of so yeah. many it's kind of like there's no way she how would be, she yeah. keep it all straight <laughs> it's impossible she's the yeah. one of the busiest voice actors in, in in the business and so i i feel that um that kind of awkwardness would not be necessarily fun, especially when you're already making a, a good living, keeping so busy um, mm-hmm. that she probably is like, you know what? Uh, I'll do them sparingly. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, we'll s- yeah, we'll see. Anyway, but any- yeah. So I think it's a rumor. I don't think it's true. So yeah, we'll see if we can confirm or deny that at some point on the show. We got our ways. Frank and Myra and Dizzy Gore. That's the next one. Painting Frank and Myra, a myth. A legend, or simply the horrible naked truth? I'll take horrible naked truth for 500! Uh, Frank and Meyer and Dizzy Gore, this is the Frankenstein story. So Frank, uh, so Elmira is Dr. Frankenstein, or Frankenmyra, and she starts off, they're pushing this body, I'm assuming out of a graveyard, I believe, and Dizzy Gore is Igor, or Igor. <laughs> Uh, and they're, and they're pushing him, uh, this, this covered big, big body out. Elmira starts off and it's very Cree summer does, does kind of a creepy Elmira voice at the beginning, which is kind of cool. Finally, I, Dr. Frank and Myra have all the parts I need to create my creature. The world's most perfect pet. (laughs) And I'm going to hug him and squeeze him and love him into tears. 
and then the rest of it is just standard um well it's, it's evil elmira voice but she uh talks about get me the brain the brain all that's missing is the brain dizzy goy give me the brain the obvious nature of this pun belittles us all it is the brain from Pinky and the Brain, which was pretty easy to do since Dizzy Devil is voiced by Maurice LaMarche <laughs> to do uh, to get the brain cameo in there. Uh, but it turns out that, uh, you know, Dizzy can't find a brain. Elmira says, don't worry, I've taken care of it. And they they put up the, the monster up there. Uh, the monster is Gossamer, by the way, the red monster from Looney Tunes. There's electricity, there's kites, there's a lot of stuff, like the machines from the original movies that in this case are parking meters and scales, and it looks really, you know, goofy and all. Animation's amazing. Once again, everything looks fantastic. And when the monster finally comes to life, it acts like Elmira. And why? Because Elmira took out a little of her brain and put it into the monster. I'm gonna love you and squeeze you and dress you up like Heather Locklear. Doctor, what brand you give creature? A little bit of my own. <laughs> Eventually, Dizzy, I think, gets put on this bed and slams up to the top of the castle, and he gets knocked out. Maybe gets killed. I'm not quite sure, but uh, the monster, I think, takes care of it this time, right? And mm-hmm. takes a little of the monster. The monster puts a little of his brain inside of Dizzy. So now all three of them start acting like Elmira. Uh, the end. That's pretty much it. It's uh, silly mm-hmm. and uh, silly and crazy and uh, looked really cool. But is there anything else in this one? That we could think uh, that uh, is of note from either Nathan or Kelly. Um, I liked seeing their little uh, scars on their head when they. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that was cute, and of course that that's going to come at the very end for the deleted ending segment. We get to find out that Elmar is fine, so that's good to know. Um, well, I, and I got to say one more time. Amazing, like that. Gossamer looked really intimidating. Like when they first showed him, when it showed like a furrowed brow, it looked creepy. It looked like really cool. Um, so just amazing. The animation really made this segment work. If it was anything else, I don't know if the jokes would have landed as well as they did um, for this segment. Well, mm-hmm. Kelly, you're going to bring us home for this last short here: a gremlin on a wing. Plucky slot. Earth dates October 31. Hampton and I, en route to our destination, seem to have encountered an electrical storm. I have taken it upon myself to reassure and comfort the tender lad, for he has not the bravery nor the courage of one such as I. So, Gremlin on a Wing is a Twilight Zone parody. Uh, What happens here, Kelly? Plucky is on airplane... And he looks out the window, and there's a, a gremlin that's uh, sabotaging the plane's wing and the engine. And and it's not a gremlin like 
you know, when people think about gremlins, they think about like gizmo yeah. and stripe <laughs> and all that. But some, this was like an alien looking gremlin. And, uh, and Plucky's talking like William Shatner, because I guess in the original Twilight Zone episode, this is based on, uh, it had William Shatner in the main, main role. He's really the only one that like, sees the gremlin. And there's a, uh, a stewardess, a flight attendant, rather, that um, is dressed like Uhura from the original Star Trek. She's asking Plucky if there's anything wrong. And There's a little green man on the wing. Look! But he was there just a second ago. Do we need something to calm our little selves down? No, wait, I... Beam me up, Scotty. She doesn't see the gremlin. There's a quick cameo of Thaddeus Plotz in the airplane. And then um, at the end of the episode, uh, Uhura is revealed to be actually the gremlin. Everyone's safe now, Plucky. I know, but I'm the only one who knows why. Mm, well, now, I wouldn't say that. Yep. I wouldn't say that. Uh, yes. And that, in a nutshell, is it. And if you weren't really, like, really, I mean, this is a really, like, well-done deconstruction, uh, reconstruction of the actual Twilight Zone segment, uh, which I was actually more familiar with the John Lithgow version. I don't know about you, Kelly, but from the movie, um, which I've yeah. seen more growing up, and I really liked John Lithgow's performance in that, uh, just because he he can play somebody who's losing their mind <laughs> very well getting all sweaty. Plucky is definitely doing uh, the whole Star Trek references constantly. When he gets hit on the head instead of birds, it's little Star Trek uh, Enterprises. He says something to the effect of uh, what in the Roddenberry are you talking about? Uh, You know, sleep well and prosper to Hampton when Hampton wants to go to sleep. There's a great shot of the gremlin when he opens up the blinds and the gremlin's pressing its face up against the glass and making a weird face. Uh, that same kind of thing happens. Uh, it's a very goofy alien in the original Twilight Zone series. It's a furry, big ape creature. <laughs> it's looked like they got a, like an ape costume and just put a different face on it. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, but the gremlin itself in this uh, cartoon is from Looney Tunes. And there's a Looney Tunes cartoon featuring Bugs Bunny and a gremlin. And Bugs is trying to stop the gremlin from destroying the plane that he's in. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I seem to remember this cartoon, that Bugs Bunny cartoon, I should say, with the gremlin playing in the one of the TV sets or something like that on the actual gremlin's movie. Uh, not 100% sure on that, but they're both owned by Warner Brothers, so I'm sure it, mm. it could, it's definitely a possibility. I did like this. I never realized before that the gremlin is kind of shaped like an airplane in a way where its ears are air <laughs> are the <laughs> wings and its tails, the tail of it. So it flies at one point. And I was like, Oh, that's a cool little design. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that Roald Dahl uh, had a big influence uh, with Disney when they were going to do gremlins with Disney at first. And I think that deal might've fallen through and then it went over to Warner brothers instead I don't know. There's gremlins. The Roald Dahl looking gremlins are on Epic Mickey, which is this 
video game with Oswald the Rabbit that I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with. There's a bunch of gremlins in that. Gremlins. They're goofy looking. Uh, but the main thing that they kept saying in this over and over and over again, Frank Welker's voicing the gremlin and he keeps going, oh, I wouldn't say that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that thing that they said in those Looney Tunes cartoons. And then I realized, what was that in a reference to? Because anything that they said like that in the 1940s is, you know, that's a reference to something that is lost these days. So I had to Google that stuff. And in Drafty Daffy, there's this egghead looking guy uh, who's, I think he's, in, I forget the exact thing. He's inspecting, he's he's doing something with Daffy and he keeps going, ah, I wouldn't say that. It's in mm-hmm. a bunch of other cartoons too. It comes from the radio show, The Great Gildersleeve, and there was this character named Richard Q. Peavy who would always say, oh, I wouldn't say that. The chief's in on this too? Yes. He wants the boat the last two weeks in July. Oh? And I'm taking it the first two weeks. Well, that still leaves the last two weeks in June for me. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> there was a, a summer about... 15, 16, 17 years ago where I got a whole tape full of old, a whole CD full of old radio dramas and comedies. And I seem to remember when that guy would say that, the audience would go crazy because it's like, he said the thing. And it was popular. (laughs) Say it, Bart. Say it, Bart. Say the line, Bart. I didn't do it. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, that's that's how entertainment continues to be to this day. Catchphrases. Uh, at any rate, uh, that's the that's the that's our last segment. Uh, before we get to our closing credits, which are you know just a quick discussion of that. Anything that uh, you liked in this last segment, Nathan? That uh, Kelly or I didn't mention. Um, I like that he had to go out into the. Out of the plane and try to spray it with a hose. <laughs> I think that's in the original like, thing too. I think that like really? I remember John Lithgow getting the hose, getting a fire hose. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm sure he didn't fall outside of the thing though. And he breaks the glass and then gets yeah. Sucked he breaks out the glass and, and I have to, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the hello that, nurse Ohura crashed the plane. Yeah, <laughs> she blocked it with her her posterior. We'll say. Yeah, it's uh, large. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did like I liked uh, Hampton and Plucky's uh, conversations with each other. Like, oh, there's a, a gremlin. Like, oh, they don't take up too much gas. Don't worry. Like, not a, they're like a Pinto. Yeah, yeah it's like a Pinto, <laughs> not a small car. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, this is five percent safer than swallowing a tarantula. <laughs> it reminded <laughs> like, me a lot of like the the. Um, uh, got plane pals on animaniacs when they're just going over mm. all how dangerous airline travel is and just yeah in a funny way and, and speaking of which like uh, kelly mentioned uh thaddeus plots being in the in there and i'm not exactly sure if that's thaddeus plots or i think that might be ivan blosky from plane oh. pals actually because he is this right when he's getting the hoe like right? I, I, I don't know there's a part where like I, I don't know what the wiki is referring to but it's like there's a guy there's a bald guy with white hair on the sides of his head and he looks like he's just kind of like sleeping or kind of has his eyes closed he kind of looks i mean everybody's a little off model because they're just using you know background character sheets but to me it looked like ivan blosky on the plane again and if so, that guy cannot catch a break. He whatever plane he goes on, 
is, you know, it's going to, there's going to be problems. So that's my opinion. You guys can out there can make up your own minds about if that's plots or, or not. But Nathan looks like know. he's looking. What are your, I'm looking, I'm going to, I think it's right when he's about to get the, uh, the hose, the hose. So, okay. Maybe, and, maybe they're both on it then. Cause I remember like right at the beginning of the episode, right before they pans over to plucky and Hampton, they show this man with a bald head, and uh, that guy looked like Ivan Blosky to me. We'll see. We'll see. It and might it, be the same guy. Might be the same guy. <laughs> well, at any rate, let's go ahead and get to our last little uh, part, which is just the uh, the wrap-up. And the wrap-up is they kind of say, well, we they sing a song about everything was, we're going to wrap it all up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and all the scary stories are done, and we're all back to normal. Let's listen to this little segment. Our fright night has ended. We hope you found it splendid. My nasty scar has mended. And it got trick or treat. We saw lots of creatures. And spoofed a lot of features. We're scarier than teachers. But we have too much to eat. We'll turn on the lights now. You'll see it's safe for you. No ghastly ghouls. No crazy ghouls. Well, maybe just a few. We're tiny. We're too neat. So there you go. That is truly, I guess that's the last time we get to hear the original cast singing, uh, or at least the majority of the original cast singing the theme song and stuff, uh, or at least a, a, a version of the theme song altogether. This was a swan song, as I said before, of, of the original cast. Don Messick died a couple of years after the recording of this uh, this episode, I believe. So, yeah, it's there you go. Uh, I think it's time to get to our water tower rating. Well, out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode, this special of Tiny Toon Adventures Night Goolery? Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. I, I think I would give it four. There's some silver references and um and there's so many segments you know there's plenty you know even if you didn't like every single one um there's plenty of other segments to to enjoy nathan what about you i'll give it four and a half um i thought babs and plucky were wonderful in this the animation was spectacular in it and there's only like one or two segments that were kind of like i could probably cut that but um overall like every segment's very strong especially ones with like plucky or babs in them i think those were like my favorite ones yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna i almost went with five for this one i think i am gonna go four and a half however just because yeah some of the segments don't quite hit hit it and i i you know what uh, you know, I, I take it back. I'm going to go ahead and do five, but that is only if you watch the original opening and ending. Okay, if you don't watch the original <laughs> opening and ending, it's a four and a half. That extra half goes to the beginning and end, which should be on it. So uh, I'll give mm. it five. I'll give it five with uh, asterisks on it. But uh, but yeah, for the purposes of your Excel sheet, Nathan. Uh, just a five. Uh, okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, JankoFT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? 
I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, I mean, we're on every single podcast thing out there. If we're not, let us know. Animaniacast at gmail.com. And of course, we're over on Facebook and Twitter and, well, who knows with this Elon Musk thing if we're going to stay on Twitter or not. Well, well... <laughs> But Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you know, gosh, there's a there's a bunch of other things too. And, uh, like I said, hey, we're a, a proud member of the RetroZap Podcast Network, so check out RetroZap.com for amazing articles and podcasts that can all be delivered to you for free if you subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed. You can also go to Animaniacast.com for a full listing, a full rundown of all the episodes that we've done in the past. So you can go back and listen to all those and enjoy this over six years, six and a half years, yay, 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 of this podcast that we have been doing. What? What? <laughs> uh, good Darth Vader impression there, Nathan. What? Thanks. <laughs> uh, but uh, for Nathan and Kelly... This is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. You can take them, right? Ha! Of course! Can I get paid in advance? 